Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 14 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a black perspective. We are very glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Yep, good. Hi, Keith. <laughs> good to be here, as always. <clears throat> well, this week, the Supreme Court of the United States, also abbreviated as SCOTUS, <laughs> handed down several life-changing rulings. Well, probably all rulings from the Supreme Court are life-changing. But this this week was particularly, the rulings this week were particularly set to affect the lives of many, many people, not only just women, but many, many people in the United States. And each and every ruling this week went totally against what the majority of uh, Americans want. Now, the Supreme Court is... They not, were high-profile rulings. I think that's they, well, they were yeah, also kind of, very high-profile That's why that's what drew so much attention to them. And that's why so much attention to it. But although the Supreme Court is technically not supposed to be um, political, these rulings, and especially the Roe versus Wade ruling, are totally political. And a reminder that five of the justices on the Supreme Court were appointed by presidents who did not win the popular vote when they were elected. So that's something very important to uh, keep in mind. So Keith, let's, before we get to Roe, let's start with some of the other uh, okay. rulings that the, that the court had. Oh, okay. so, yeah. So one of the, one of the rulings that, the, that didn't get quite, actually, I, I said high profile, but uh, this is not quite, because this didn't get quite as much attention, I don't believe, but the uh, Miranda ruling which many people are familiar with, particularly if you watch law, you know, shows like Law and Order. We're big Law and Order fans. But the Miranda rights, right. you, you always notice on that show, um, something, whenever you always need to be read your Miranda rights. And if you're not read your Miranda rights, then that can be challenged. Uh, remind people what the Miranda right is. Yeah, the Miranda, actually, no, you, you'd be better at that than me. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and tell uh, them? Well, yeah. the Miranda right, the, the, the Miranda ruling, I should say, was from the early 1960s. And what it does is tell people that, number one, they have a right not to, not to talk at all. Not, not to, to self-incriminate. Right. Not to self-incriminate during um, the interrogation. Mm-hmm. They have the right to call for a lawyer before they say anything. And so when, when, when you hear about it, when you see it on these shows, they always ask, do you understand your Miranda mm-hmm. rights? Mm-hmm. And for those of us who, who love these police and law and order type <laughs> shows, the interrogation starts and Lieutenant from the Lieutenant from on law and order, mm-hmm. she always says, oh, no, we had to wait because, oh, no, they lawyered up. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. what the Miranda rights are. And for lower income people. Often, oh, oh, the other part of the brand right is that you have the, the you, and that, that's based on the Constitution, that you have the right to uh, representation. 
Now, poor people, they have that right, and they usually get an overworked, underpaid someone mm -hmm. from the, from the attorney pool. Right, right, right. But they do have, quote-unquote, representation. Rich people can always afford the best lawyers ever, and they often do. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that you have the right to representation, period. That's part of your Miranda right. And you have the right not to, not to say anything that might self-incriminate you. You have, and you have the right to, uh, to, like I said, to an attorney. Mm -hmm. And so that you can, when you're brought in and being interrogated, the first thing they say is, do you understand? First of all, they have to give you your Miranda right. Mm -hmm. Then they always say, do you understand these rights? And when they um, arrest someone whose first language is not English, they especially ask them in English, do you understand it? And if they speak so little English, then they call it, they call in a, a translator. Right. They hold up everything until a translator comes in, whether it's a Spanish translator, an Arabic translator, right. a Vietnamese translator. And that is part of the Miranda protection. Right. Because if you, if you speak and understand enough English, they ask you, do you understand your um, mm -hmm. Miranda rights? And you can say yes or no. Hey, but the, the thing about the ruling this week was that the Miranda ru ruling and reading the per a person their Miranda rights is now optional, optional right. rather than mandatory. And the other important part, Keith, mm -hmm. is that now police officers and, and things like that cannot be sued if they don't give them exactly. Miranda rights. Exactly. And that's, and that's exactly. And that's the extremely important part. And one thing I just, I just found also is that about the Miranda, what that comes from is the 1966 decision on Miranda right. versus Arizona, right. and the vote then was six to three. And mm -hmm. what this and that and that came from, I just read real quick the primary holdings that under the Fifth Amendment, any statements that a defendant in custody makes during an interrogation are admissible as evidence at a criminal trial only if law enforcement told the defendant of the right to remain silent right. and the right to speak with an attorney before the interrogation started and the rights and rights were that's, that's basically mm -hmm. rights were I'm sorry and the rights were either exercised or waived in a knowing voluntary and intelligent manner and that's also important the part where they talk about exercise or waived in a knowing voluntary and intelligent manner because there have been a number of cases of many times when we hear about where it was coerced, right, and they and they claimed they read right. they were read the Miranda, but it was not voluntary, right, right. it was right. not voluntary, it was not intelligent manner. They just kind of made mumble it by beat it out of them, mm -hmm. but then they said, oh yeah, they were read the Miranda warning. But still, this is so critical that now they don't because it what this does is this now. What's what's so surprising about this when when you're looking at this in light of Black Lives Matter and in like in light of Trayvon Martin and everything else is, and George Floyd mm -hmm. and that decision and which led to the largest you know protests in in, in world history, mm -hmm. all for keeping police in check right. and and and, being, and and the whole and that that's what that was that whole movement was about mm -hmm. when they start talking about defund the police, whatever you feel about that. But that's what fueled it was that this needs to change. Something right. needs to change. That was right. the underlying feeling that people need to be, their rights need to be protected when it comes to police. Mm -hmm. That too many mm -hmm. people, felt, people felt like their rights, uh, that broad feeling amongst particularly, you know, black minority communities is that police can get away with anything, right. literally murder. And there's not much you can do. Right. And police officers don't testify against one another, et cetera. So the feeling, so the process came to say, okay, we need to change something. We need to to balance these scales. Mm -hmm. People need more protections right. against, and to see that this is going in the other direction. Right. After all these examples, high profile examples of people who were brutalized and whose rights were violated and completely disregarded mm -hmm. by the police. Mm -hmm. 
then what they have done is they have now said, given the police basically more ammunition. Right. And this is not just for the police, because it's for the police at the very beginning, because the police right, the court, do, right. do, do, do the arresting right. and the police do the interrogation. Right. So up, up until then, that's where the Miranda rights right. come into play, very importantly. But then the next step, for those of us who are law and order junkies, <laughs> the next step is the district attorney. And the district attorney is the one who decides whether to bring an indictment. Grand juries are called all the time because they can't get an indict. They can't do an indictment until they call it for a grand jury, and I learned this from watching Perry Mason and, and Law and Order. So the next step is the district attorney, and for those of us who are who are hooked on these police shows and Law and Order type shows, the district attorney then says, "Wait a minute, were they read their Miranda rights? Because if they did not, were not read their Miranda rights and say that they understood their Miranda rights, then their confession is thrown out the window. Then I have no case. I." As a district attorney, have no, no case. case, and so this is where now making them making them number one optional to even give them, and number two, if the police don't give them the the I don't call them the victims, I call them the accused. Yeah, okay? right. If the accused, right, right, yeah, if the accused feels that they were not they, they, they were not protected enough, as you said, with with the Miranda, then they cannot turn around and sue. Or turn around and say my my, my uh, trial was wrong because I wasn't protected by Miranda because and it used to be they could do that now they can't and so that was the important thing about right, the Miranda right, rights right mm-hmm. right you know and I think I think that really about I mean I know we're, we're hitting on a lot of topics today and I think that says a lot there but I think that's the gist of it for that yeah. one you know and, and just in terms of what that means. And also, just that these cases all happen in one week, right? And that's something very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and, not not necessarily. Not, that, not the high profile. The high profile high, that that's rare. Right. But a lot of rulings coming down at once is not rare. And right. I mean, high profile or something like that. Right. right. This is something that I learned as I was following this. The opinions when when the Supreme Court says, "Okay, on this day we're going to announce our opinions," mm-hmm. they announce them by seniority of the of the justice that writes the opinion, mm-hmm. and. So some of the opinions that were more favorable, the liberal judges, some of those came out earlier because they have more seniority than some of the more conservative judges, like the three that were appointed by by Trump. They are less in seniority than someone like Kagan and Sotomayor, who have been on the bench for a while. So we need to move on to the next one, which is which is not as high profile. As, when I say that, it's it's very narrow in scope. Right. Put it that way. Right. Okay. They the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a death row inmate. Who, who wanted to challenge how he how he was going to be put to death. Mm-hmm. Okay, In Georgia, they wanted to use lethal injection, and he wanted a fire squad, a, fi- mm-hmm. a firing squad. And the reason why, again, if you watch a lot of these mm-hmm. shows, those lethal injections sometimes don't work. Yeah, okay? that's right. And even for a murderer, a, a serial murderer mm-hmm. who has murdered 20 people, there's it, it's, it's understood that the death should not be even worse. And some of those times the lethal injection doesn't work. It, it hurts even more. People are afraid of shots. Even people are getting that kind of thing. And so he said, if I'm going to die, I want to die by firing squad that's quick and painless and it's over with. And so they ruled in, in favor of him saying that people who are on death row can now choose how they want to die. Right. And that's and that's as, gr- as grim and gruesome as that is. I mean, in terms because we're talking about somebody being put to death, mm-hmm. but that, I think that, that that's very important. Right. And, and the unfortunate thing that we also have to be cognizant of, because there's there's so much, or there's too much sentiment in terms of with, when it comes to prisoners of who cares. Right. If they, if they say it's cruel and unusual punishment, mm-hmm. 
people feel, well, if it's a prisoner, there's no such thing as cruel and unusual right, punishment. Right, right. What Especially you've done for a murder. For, for murder. And I can understand if somebody did something like that to somebody that I care for, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to blow that off. It's hard to say you want to be compassionate on somebody mm-hmm. who's done some of the things some of these people have done. Right, I mean, right. that's that can't be just dismissed out of mm-hmm. hand. But it is nevertheless, if the, the entire point is, is that same as... Same as it's very unfortunate now. The the, the actual purpose of prison is re, is reform. Okay. But it's almost that viewed as a joke now mm-hmm. because it, once again because people don't care. You know, there's too much not caring of what happens to prisoners when they go in there. And the same and this I think the same thing with death. Saying giving somebody the right. I mean, I'm glad. That's why I'm glad this happened because mm-hmm. I think that the the point is to to err more on the side of compassion mm-hmm. than on than on the the flip side. Right. And, and and we have to be very careful about not confluding two issues, whether the, we should have the death penalty at all, mm-hmm. because we all know of so right. many people who have been found innocent right. forty years later because of some, some mess up somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. And so we shouldn't and, and because the death penalty is so final, you mm-hmm. can't retract right. that. But that's a different issue right. than if okay now you are gonna be put to death, but right. no matter no matter how it came about, right. you have the right to choose how you want to die. Right. So those are two separate issues. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You have to be really, really careful. Oh, yeah. But that's where the, also the compassion comes in because it's very hard to be compassionate against an accused right. murderer who has been proven to be a serial murderer who, who slashed the, the the throats of seven women. Mm. You know, but the whole thing is that okay, you're gonna die. The last thing we're gonna do for you is give you the choice. Mm. Just like we give you a choice of your last meal, you know. You know right. And, it's about what the society. It's it's about what kind of society we want to be. Right. Like you right. said, it's a definite difference between whether or not you want the death penalty or not. It's about, but it's about if somebody, as you say, is is going to die anyway, and right. that, and we do have, and and that's that's the that's the verdict. That's the end. But in terms of how that's carried out. Mm-hmm. It's what we're talking about. Really, is what this says about us, not mm-hmm. what it says about them. Right. You know, right, we, we right. already know what they what they're there for. We right. already know. But this is now about. But what about us? Right, How exactly. we handle that situation? That's what's so important. Exactly. And then the next one, uh, which didn't get a lot of attention because there were so many other high, really high profile, was the voter ID law in um, North Carolina. What was happening is that the NAACP in North Carolina was investigating voter ID laws and restrictions. And so they were presenting it to the court. But then two Republicans stepped in and said, well, wait a minute, we we deserve to have a voice. And so the Supreme Court said that these two Republican leaders can intervene in the state attorney general, even though the state attorney general was already um, working on this case. And so it will make it easier for other state government officials to intervene in some instances in lawsuits when the state government is divided. This tangentially goes back to the uh, January 6th hearings because Kevin McCarthy wanted two, uh, a particular kind of Republican mm-hmm. to be on that committee. Right, uh, one right. who would you know, turn it into a circus and yell and scream like they did for the hearings for Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. Mm-hmm. And you saw how the Republicans acted then. And that's what Kevin McCarthy wanted for the Republicans he wanted to put on the committee. And if he couldn't put those kinds of Republicans on the committee, he just said he, did, he wasn't going to put anybody on there. And now he and the Republicans and especially Trump are seeing what a, what a mistake that was. So everything is interrelated because mm-hmm. it can go the other way also. If Republicans are try, a Republican DA is trying a case, Democrats also have the opportunity to intervene. Mm-hmm. So this can go either way. But mm-hmm. that was one of the rulings that came down this week that is not as high profile, right. but it still is very important. Right. 
He talked about the Medicare one. Well, actually, the one I was going to go to, because I had looked at what happened on Thursday with the, with the gun rights. Mm-hmm. And, and what happened what happened on Thursday was that basically within the space of an hour, you, you had the, the Senate went one way and the Supreme Court went another way. Right, you right. know, basically, even though some people are saying it's yeah. mediocre, right, it's mm-hmm. not enough, but it's still the first significant gun legislation that's mm-hmm. happened in, thir- what, in 34, 34, 40 years, mm-hmm. you know, but literally hours before. On the, same, on the same day, the Supreme Court struck down New York's 100-year-old law, which restricted carrying guns in public. And, the, and that mixed message, it's just so disheartening that on the one day, we mm-hmm. make at least, at least a small step mm-hmm. after those horrific uh, murders that mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. prompted the Republicans to realize, mm-hmm. okay, maybe we have to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, the Supreme Court decides it's okay you know, to, to carry guns wherever they want. And well, not they're they still can open carry um, outside your home. Outside that's, the home. That's what the rule right. Is. But, but the point is, the is point that, is that mm-hmm. they can open carry outside their right. home. And Eric Adams was on TV, the mayor of New York right. was on TV. Right. And, not, and he's highly upset about this, not only because right. it's New York, but he said some of these, he said some of these Supreme Court think that we're out in the middle of South Dakota somewhere. In a city like New York, he said on Monday there were 350,000 people downtown, in, in Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. And he says all it takes now, you can just jostle someone and someone will pull out a gun. That's right. These people, you know, you, you have open carry. These people have not been trained. Usually when somebody shoots somebody, they injure or kill someone who wasn't even their target. Right. And so saying, oh, you can carry a gun with you anywhere you want outside your home. That's not that's not self-defense of your home, which no. is understandable. Even though people take that too far. But And so he's worried about, you know, okay, when guns are so easily available, they end up with more, which, what would usually have been a trivial argument. Somebody bumps into you, you get mad, and you pull out a gun and shoot them. Right. Okay. And if you didn't, if you couldn't carry the gun outside of your home, you wouldn't have had that. You would have punched them back or something like that, which is quite different than pulling out and, and, and start firing. And it was also important, I think, to keep in mind, and it's so unfortunate, is that the rest of the world is just looking at us and shaking their head. Oh yeah, they. Oh, the rest the, the, of the world. They we can't can understand. A, we can do a whole oh. episode uh, on what the rest uh, of the world, the world thing because mm-hmm. they cannot figure out how in the world. Well, the, the the most powerful and supposedly well, a nation less like the United States mm-hmm. supposedly calling itself the city on a hill I mean mm-hmm. was letting this happen and the funny thing is some of these same people mm-hmm. are the ones who call themselves pro-life right right exactly right, 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 I mean right. so you're giving somebody the right to just mow people down mm-hmm, in the middle mm-hmm, of the street mm-hmm. but they're going to talk about oh but we must save right. the unborn fetus none of this makes any sense mm-hmm. And then the next one really riles me at me, especially as a former educator. The Supreme Court said on Tuesday that the state of Maine could not exclude religious schools from a tuition assistance program that allows parents to use vouchers to send their children to public or private schools. What the Supreme Court said in this ruling is that public tax money can be used to fund private and or religious education. That is totally against the First Amendment. Part of the First Amendment is the, is, is the exception rule, that no religion will be set up as more important than any other religion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that also goes against separation of church and state. Separation of church and state means that, that they're separate. <laughs> right. and, if, and when I was coming up, if, if you wanted to send your, your child to Catholic school, you still paid your public school taxes, but you also right. paid extra to, for the tuition for Catholic schools. And in this particular case, the, the family that brought this law... They live out. They live in a rural area, and so there's only one public high school 
in, in, in that rural area, and they felt that their children at the public, putting their children in the public high school wasn't giving them enough of a religious education. Well, they're not supposed to get a religious education exactly. in public school. If you want to give your, your child a religious education, then you put them in a religious school, and you have to pay for both, because that is your choice. You cannot make the rest of us pay for your child's religious education. And so that's totally against the First Amendment, but it also reminds me, Louisiana passed a law like this a mm -hmm. few years ago. It's saying that public funds can be used for private schools. And, of course, all of these Christian fundamentalist schools applied, but also a, a Muslim school applied. And they were literally told, oh, we didn't mean you. Right. Well, that's because what this is about, same thing as um, fundamentalism, and, and also about the issue of control. Right. This has nothing to do with freedom. This is about being told you know, the right wing Christian viewpoint should be taught to everybody. Should mm -hmm. be taught to everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, telling women control what happens to their bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, well, there's yeah, some get, get to that. But I'm just saying, there's that common thread mm -hmm. because it's coming from the same group. Right. It's coming from the same. It's all. This is all coming from the mm -hmm. right wing and their view of what this country should be, right. which is not choice. It's about we reserve the right to tell you what to exactly, do with exactly. your life, and it's, it's completely. And in the First Amendment. You you have the freedom of religion and you have the, the freedom from religion. Mm -hmm. And so the religious, the Christian religious fundamentalists think that everybody should be Christian, that this country was founded on Christian principles, not realizing that God, Jesus, um, Bible, not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. In the Declaration of Independence, they said, endowed by our Creator. That's the closest ever. But it's its Creator. It doesn't say God, doesn't say Jesus. Some Native Americans believe that the turtle was the Creator, okay? And that's not to be snark, but Creator can mean a lot, a lot of, of things, things, okay? Right. As a matter of fact, the, the the, they were trying to get away from religious persecution. The, the founders mm -hmm. and the original European immigrants, they were trying to get away from religious control and religious mm -hmm. intimidation in England. And so that's why they came here in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were the, the founders, when they were trying to get away from Britain, they were trying to get away from control of a tyrant, mm -hmm. like King, who was King George at the time. King George. King George at the time. And I get all my kings <laughs> mixed up. And, and religious... Uh, Mm -hmm. out, this is not a, a, a theocracy. Mm -hmm. Christian fundamentalists are trying to make it into a theocracy, and because I told some, I told one of my, uh, I mean, we're going to get on the road next. Mm -hmm. But I told some of my friends because they were asking on Facebook. They were asking some of their one of my uh, Muslim friends was asking some of uh, Muslims in general, what does Islam say about abortion? And I didn't do this because he's a friend of mine. But I have a lot of Muslim friends, colleagues, and extended family members. What Islam thinks about abortion is just as unimportant as what the Bible says about right. abortion. As it, when it comes to the law, right. the law of this land is not anybody's holy book. The law of this land is the Constitution. And so whatever Islam or Christianity or Judaism thinks about abortion is irrelevant, irrelevant. as far as the law it's is concerned. Right. Now, uh, uh, in your particular religion, you can argue about it among yourselves. Okay, and if, if your religion is for it or against it or whatever, that's among yourselves. You cannot put that on everybody else. That's mm -hmm. the whole point. Right. Right. And so, I, so the, the the biggest one, of course, is of course mm -hmm. Roe. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing in this in this podcast, we're just going to run a little bit over thirty minutes. I'm letting you know now. It's some of the rulings that came for mm -hmm. this week, and and it, we don't notice it all the time because a lot of the rulings are not as high profile mm -hmm. as they are this week. But a lot of times, the Supreme Court has hands down several rulings at once. Mm -hmm. But there were several biggies, and of course, the right. biggie, biggie, the biggest biggie <laughs> was Roe. Roe versus Wade. Right. And and Roe. I think, I mean, what 
there's so many, it's hard to know where to begin on road because we knew it was coming mm-hmm. even since before the leak. Right. This was something that was, that was coming. But I think the thing to focus on now is what comes after this right. and how this is being dealt with. But that's after Roe. Right. How, how, how do we get to Roe is the question for right now because okay. the ruling just came down. And what is important to remember is that Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett all, and there was one more, I can't remember who that was, stated when during their confirmation hearings that Roe was settled law and they were not there right. to change settled, a, a settled law. And there's a, a Latin um, phrase for that I can't remember right mm-hmm. now, but I'm going, to, I'm going to write an opinion on this on the, on, on the We As Are Speaking publication. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that they lied to get these lifetime appointments. Oh, yeah. When everybody else knew, especially with Amy Cohn and Barrett, but also with the other justices that Trump appointed, that they were appointed to take down Roe. That's why they were appointed. That's why they were um, approved by the Senate. Senate Republicans, I should say. But And i and I got to go back and see who the fourth one was. But Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Barrett, during their confirmation hearings, specifically, they were asked specifically, would they overturn right, Roe? Right. And they specifically said, no, it is settled law. Right. And this is the first time, and we're not even talking about what's going to happen now, later. This is the first time ever in American history that a constitutional right has been taken away from right. people. Right. The Constitution and its amendments, etc., have always been to expand the rights of people. Right. And rulings like Plessy versus Ferguson, that didn't take away rights. It didn't expand them either. But it didn't take away any rights. Okay, even a border, Brown versus Board of Education, it didn't take away rights. It, didn't ex- it expanded them. And the ruling about same-sex marriage, about same-sex relationships, all that expanded rights. Right. And they want to take those away. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why this is so important, and we will get into probably in another podcast what happens next, Okay. But the reason why why it was so why it's so mind boggling and life and, and life changing is that number one, a constitutional right has never been taken away. Number two, the justices lie, and number three, how it affects more it's, it's about so much more than abortion. Right, there's so a lot of other issues. I think, but it's important that people know how we got there. But I think now that's what the question is in front of the people right. now oh, yeah. is what do we do now? Right. You know, you know, because with, with what's what's available now, what can we? Because you you see a lot of the signs where people protesting say we will not turn back. But what does that mean? Right. How what literally? is available aside from protest because as we know protesting in the streets has no effect on the Supreme Court right. none it has no effect on the Republicans right. it doesn't change the balance we have in the Senate right. that's something that really needs to be delved into is what comes next and also obviously the impact this will have in November because right. a lot of talk right. about what they, if, if it will right. hopefully bring people out and talking about that because now people are saying well why wasn't Roe codified when, you know the Democrats had 20, 30, 40 years to codify Roe two reasons the main reason was the same reason as before. Roe was settled law. No one, until these, until these Trump appointed, although it was 40 years that the Republicans have been trying to overthrow Roe, but trying to overthrow Roe and going against the Constitution to overthrow Roe are two different things. The Democrats, like everybody else, thought this was settled law. But why are they doing that now when they could have done it 20, 30, 40 years ago? Because 20, 30, 40 years ago, no one ever thought that a settled law would be overturned by the Supreme Court, that a constitutional right would be taken away, no matter how much people right, tried, right, right. That, is, that would be taken away. So 
Democrats, yeah, they could have codified it 30 years ago, but they didn't think they had, they had to. to. Right. And until uh, until last year, when after we could see that Roe was probably now they're talking mm. about codifying, mm. and to, like I, like we mm. said, we're going to talk about this later. Mm. Now, how do we go about that? Because it's not we can't do it now. We can't do it, right. until, and we right. can't do it until we have a, a enough right. majority of in the House. And in, in the Senate. Senate. Right. So don't say, oh, we need to codify it. We can't codify it now. Mm-hmm. We can make these changes from now until November. And then when we have a big enough majority in both houses, right. then, then we, we can, can codify it. it. Right. So right now, our, and then we're going to stop here. Mm-hmm. Our, our job is to, starting now, mm-hmm. we can't wait till election right. day. Starting now, preparing for changing, changing the majority in the House and Senate, mm-hmm. then we can move forward. Right. And so that's enough for today. We right. really want to talk about all of the high-profile and uh, not so high-profile and not so high-profile decisions mm-hmm. that came down in just in a matter of four days. Right, it's, of, uh, this, it's been an amazing week. It's been an amazing week. But make sure that you subscribe right. to the to the We Are Speaking uh, publication because you not only get this podcast, but you will get our writings and our articles about right. these uh, going forward. And thank you for listening. Yep. And talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week. <laughs>